0: if you asked you know what are the five greatest brands in the world if you asked you went out and you asked professionals this question you know i think nike would be on everybody's list coca-cola would be on everybody's list disney would be on everybody's list and apple would be on everybody's list
1: This is Tattoos Not Brands, a podcast that explores how we as marketers can give meaning to our products and services without conforming ourselves to a rigid set of rules or copying the status quo.
2: Every episode, we're talking to different marketing experts to understand the choice of a tattoo or the imposition of a brand. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of Tattoos Not Brands, marketing outside the lines. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine.
1: And I'm your other host, Clint White.
2: On this episode, we'll be talking about doing something new and different with a well-known industry. Booze. (laughs) Love how you say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love to say
2: it. So once I finish my giggles, Clint, explain how a unique path for a company or product impacts the creation of a tattoo versus a brand.
1: Well... With something so epic like Booze, there's a lot to unpack, and it's really, really fascinating to me. It's a the alcohol industry has a extremely interesting relationship with the marketing mix, the four Ps, price, product, placement, and promotion. We all know so much about the options that you have for adult beverages because in many ways they have been around for so long they have lots of resources to make themselves available there has been a real maximization of op- of options over the past few years as well as the distribution becoming something that is being innovated so those conditions do really allow for things to go from the creation of tattoos, and the contemplation of becoming brands in a much more accelerated way.
2: Yeah, I can absolutely agree with that. And can't wait to bring our guest on in a little bit as well. Yeah,
1: this is a, a really fun one. The fact that each sort of category of alcoholic beverage has its own brand, and some of them are not yet, you know, are not yet brands and are still in the tattoo mm-hmm. phase does create for a really interesting conversation, I think. And it seems like there's a lot of confidence and bravery really in entrepreneurs that are taking on the space, taking on the opportunity to create new options in this category and can thrive in a smaller Scenario. You know, you don't have to immediately aspire to brand status, meaning, you know, you're known to most people walking down the street in any town in this country. You've been around for a long time. You spend $2 billion in in advertising and promotions over the year. And there's Mm -hmm. something extremely special about your offering. If you have maybe just the last one, you can contemplate a scaling journey that that will will have a real potential for gaining market share
2: yeah especially when it comes to the spirits industry as you mentioned there's so many opportunities to differentiate yourself but also super challenging because you have products that have been around for decades you have brands that have partnered with celebrities and so i think it makes sense if you're coming into a space as an as a new organization, company, product, that you purposely choose to be a tattoo. You take something such as a vodka or a rum, and today we're going to be talking about rum, and you do something that's different. You do something that's outside the box because how else are you going to be remembered? How else are you going to be found on the shelves? You have to be bold. And And to your point, if you're a brand, you already have this established narrative that stays consistent over time. So you don't have that flexibility that you would, as it would relate to being a tattoo.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you you were telling me what you know about rum, which is a lot. And I think what is really interesting is the cultural context, as well as the fact that Authenticity becomes extremely important here. And it's an an overused word, but it matters here because the lengths that one must go as a marketer to get somebody to try something new, especially if it's a category that they have assumptions about, is extremely challenging. The CAC, the the customer acquisition cost for getting somebody to be loyal to something new is, is really high in the adult beverage space.
2: Absolutely, especially in that space. And I know we're going to bring our guest on very soon, and, and it is a very special guest. But just want to jump in really quickly before we we share more and, and invite them in the studio. Is that I'm? You mentioned cultural context. I'm from Jamaica, and there is a very famous rum in Jamaica. If you ever been to the island, you probably most people who drink. I don't drink, but most people who drink before they go to the island, they already have on their checklist that they're going to pick up. <laughs> the Jamaican rum and, and bring it home. And yeah, I feel
0: absolutely.
2: they, Jamaica as an island has done a great job in, in differentiating itself as a tattoo, as it relates to rum. And although we know that rum originated in Barbados, when you think of rum, you think of the Jamaica brand. And so I think that's really interesting and a great example for anyone that's looking for ideas on well okay yeah i'm sold on this tattoo thing what do i do next where do how do i position myself or what are some ideas looking at products like we're going to be talking about in a little bit with our guests but then also those that have paved the way such as the jamaican rum yeah
1: that's so fascinating because origin and the association with the origin is something i think that Vodka handled really well. Mm. As a, I think we're both children of the 70s and 80s. And the idea that Russia kind of is to vodka, is that rum is to Jamaica, is, is an interesting sort of juxtaposition and something to think about as, you know, just as it pertains to the marketing mix.
2: Mm, I you know. love that.
1: But all those things, vodka evolved and it became much more about the the image and the bottle and the absolute
2: right, right. Uh,
1: explosion in the 80s and then the specialization specialized ones like the French great goose and mm. the Polish Belvedere and Tito's from Texas those things are all ways to adjust the product and that's what we need to tune into as marketers and as we explore this, idea that it there's a couple hundred true brands in the world and the rest are tattoos this is where it can be really valuable to get you get yourself out of your own way and
2: understand 100 i agree and we're gonna see how our guests got out of their own way we're gonna see (laughs) how they're putting their flagpole in the ground as it relates to the spirit industry so excited to have jazz de la vega joining us here today from symphony number three rum And before we officially welcome Jazz on stage, I just want to share a little bit about his background. Born and raised in New York City, Jazz started his journey 15 years ago at Soho House, New York in the hospitality area. He was intrigued with learning more about spirits and therefore worked for five years as a consultant for Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits, a leader in the distribution space within the U.S., Having learned from many other luxury wine brands and rum brands, Jazz and his two close friends decided to launch Symphony Number no. 3 in the heart of the pandemic and bring something new and fresh to the industry. Welcome, Jazz. So, Jazz, what is the story behind your company's name, Symphony Number no. 3? When I see it, I'm drawn in. I'm sure when anyone else reads it or hears it, they're drawn in as well. Really excited to hear more about the
0: origin story of the name. For sure. So my name is Jazz, like the music, and basically uh, my partner, his name is uh, Charles. Charles was in the music background and he thought it would be really cool to kind of have kind of synergy with, you know, my name being Jazz, his background being in the music industry, and there's three guys being involved. So he was just like, you know, three, we should do something unique. And then we, we thought about, you know, what is something luxury? And that could really fit the brand really nicely. That can be accessible to anyone. And we were like, you know, Symphony would be really cool. And we couldn't trademark Symphony on itself. So we had to add something. And it was three guys. So we said, you know what? Beethoven's best work is Symphony Number 3. And we were like, you know, that would be yeah. really, really cool. So <laughs> we did that. We did Symphony No.3. I think the response has been amazing. And it's kind of a pun on my name, you know, jazz, it being jazz and uh, Charles starting off and. The music industry, so that's the origin of how we came about that name.
1: It's a cool name. Congratulations! It feels really good. It feels very contemporary while being yes. quality. Some of the work that I do is in naming, and I was like Nova, impressed and excited to hear more about that. But naming has to be something on top of your mind too. Do you do you feel like it's resonating? And how are oh, you? It's how are you? checking
0: in with that or what's your process for understanding where you are? Yes. So I started off learning about the spirit, the spirit category when I was working at Soul House. And that's kind of like a luxury boutique brand in itself. I always loved brands that were luxury. So we felt that Symphony needed that kind of attention as well, but also can be, it can live in different areas, not just, you know, high-end luxury uh, hotels or bars we feel like this could be approachable to any kind of demographic, any kind of audience. So everybody that tastes the brand, that loves it, they feel like it's a brand that can live anywhere. So that that was the idea behind it, that these three guys, me and two other my best friends came together and we wanted to elevate the category. So the response has been overwhelmingly uh, great, especially since we just finished New York Food and Wine Festival and everybody that came to the table was just giving me and the fellow co-founders high praise. So I would say the response, yeah, the response has been immensely great, it being only one year in operation. So we're super excited to see where it goes from here.
1: So so word of mouth and anecdotal and looking the customer potential customer in the eye is, exactly. is great. Absolutely. Exactly. We I think we've all, all entrepreneurs have been in that space. But but in your world, I know from the background you're you're in New York, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, yes. Florida, California. Great markets. Mm-hmm. But how do you What's is there a dashboard? Is there a scorecard? How do you know, how do you know how you're doing in terms of like real-time
0: growth or or sales? That's a great question. So us being partnered with the biggest distributor in the United States called Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, it being 10 months into our business cycle, they basically were like, you know what, we're gonna take you on. Now, this is like the Nike or the biggest kind of company in the spirits world to say that we're gonna take you on is a huge. I guess, ask and a huge response for us doing well. So, we have a couple feelers, scorecards, as you said it, that we see our brand doing well in. And when we get approached by these kind of brands, or two weeks ago, I was approached by another big brand, Samsung, and we've done a lot of uh, little offsite events with Crocs and stuff like that. So, we see the scorecard being that we're a brand that, of course, we're a startup that we're one year old as of this month, coincidentally, but we have a lot of things that we see are hitting. The response has been hitting to be in New York Food and Wine Festival in under a year is hitting. To be with the biggest distributor in New York, the toughest market to kind of start a brand is hitting. Now they're going to be the emphasis on uh, the Florida market and really, really trying to make sure that people gravitate towards us and separate what is the difference between us and any other brand in in the rum segment. So we see the growth coming, we see the response, we see the followers kind of come up and we see the orders organically happen. You know, we're not backed mm-hmm. by a big conglomerate or anything like that. It's really been word of mouth. That's how we've been right. kind of building our ethos. I know? love that. So
1: one other thing that I, I wanted to say or ask in response to that is, it sounds to me not knowing too much about your industry that you have, to, and and this applies, I think, to lots of industries where you have to have sort of hard, medium, and soft ways to decide whether you're making progress. For sure, obviously, sure. I imagine Southern Glacier says we'll take X number of cases, and right. if that you watch Velocity, but yes. you know, you're also getting into you know the New York Food and Wine Festival. That's hard, soft, and medium all at the same time. You, know, you have to you have to get in to, to get any type of gauge as to whether there's interest, and then I guess the soft ones are how you feel, right? I, what's the relationship like with your partners, and what's the yes. the passion level? And certainly, oh, I, sure. I, I can hear that that's at a really high level. So, long-winded point I'm making is, oftentimes, Nova and I deal with situations where the metrics are so foregrounded where you know sure. oh we have x number of followers or our click through rate is this or our, you know our CAC is this but it's good to hear that you have this sort of a three-legged stool of sure. of understanding where you are
2: yeah i just wanted to jump in i, I mean first of all congratulations on all the success that you've had you. to date and to have such a big player approach you on the distribution side to be in a food and wine festival as big as you know in new york city But until people taste the product, all they're seeing or hearing is the name, the packaging, they're hearing your story and they have to then trust you enough to move forward. And so when, when you you know, as founders, as as marketers, when we're creating brands, we really have to realize how important those layers of storytelling are, right? And you had shared your name, the partners Mm -hmm. being three of you, Mm -hmm. and then this experiential, Vision you have with the product and all of that coming together with the name. And, and, and Clint and I w- was talking earlier, we said, Oh, it's not just, they didn't name it concert. They named it symphony. Right. So when you think right. of symphony, going back to your point of luxury, it's yeah. above and beyond and not just yeah. any symphony, it's symphony number three. And then yeah. hearing the story behind that as well. And then knowing there's this other layer connected to the founders. I mean, these are all things that create those emotional triggers and hooks. We're, to your point, having the word of mouth followers, which is the most powerful thing in terms of gaining traction. And it's these things such as paying attention to something that a lot of founders sort of overlook is the name and the story, right? The Mm -hmm. layers and peeling those onion layers. And that also contributes to the foundation of the tattoo that you're creating, the stickiness that you're creating. The uniqueness, as you were mentioning, you wanted to bring something unique to the market. And even just starting with the name and then the story and how it's proving itself. It's attracting players, such as the ones that you've mentioned to help along your journey of success. So congratulations on that as well.
0: Thank you, thank you. And also to add, so it's myself, Charles and Samuel. Samuel, to to even add on our story, was my first boss back in um, Soul House. So, you know, I called him up When I had this idea to start Symphony. And of course, you know, he was 100% all in. And, you know, what we're trying to do is build a a family kind of company. You know, this is not something where, oh, it's just us three and we're going out making sure we get rum deals all day. No, 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 no. I've talked to, you know, all the people that are close to me and they're somewhat involved, whether it be an investor or someone that's a part owner, because this has all been something that's been. Grassroots bootstrapped, kind of really trying to do something that's unique in the and to elevate the the rum category. so everybody that's kind of started with us that's seen us grow has been so much family. This is something that we feel me being you know from the spirits industry very unique, very grassroots, very startup, but has a lot to do with the family aspect that symphony brings. so it's not only just three guys that. Symphony, of course, Symphony Number Three, but it's also the people behind us that are giving life to the brand behind the scenes. So
1: yeah, that strikes a chord with me as I was reading, well, listening to the book "Authentic" by the founder of Vans shoes and that whole line of goods. And he, he was really his main point is the people that are doing the work with you are the brand, and you know, Vans, Vans is an interesting one. Is it a brand? Mm, we debate that these questions, so I think we should add that one to the list and talk through that. I'm game. Because <laughs> yeah, you, Jazz, are so perfectly situated for a show and for the concept that we talk about. Is The challenge that I see sometimes, well, all the time really, is how do you talk about yourself if you don't use the word brand? Yeah. And it's like a brand is something that's not so nice. Brand is a piece of iron heated to a thousand degrees and put into the side of an animal. It doesn't make it anything but an origin word, but it's a weird origin word. A tattoo, on the other hand, is something that the majority of people under 45 in the United States have and are choosing to get. So I guess part of really the goal and the intent of of our work here is is to ask you and people in the ecosystem that you're thriving in to to think that about that and see if there's a upside to thinking about yourself as a tattoo
0: yeah does that strike you i think that's very interesting i've never heard it like that and by the way that was very well said i would say symphony there's no limits to symphony a lot of people, you know, they they come up to me and they go, wow, you have two, we launched with two different skews. A lot of people just start off with, you know, one SKU and then in a couple of years, you start off with another SKU, but we view ourselves to be totally uniquely placed in this rum category. So I understand what you're saying, but I feel like for us, you know, we're doing Floridian sugarcane rum, which is totally unique in itself. And I have a lot of ties to Puerto Rico and I'm thinking, you know, long-term as to, what I can do more on the island as far as maybe aging the process. And then also just doing a lot of different things that are unique. We partnered with a basketball team on the island of Puerto Rico to help them get jerseys. You know, I'm sure everyone is aware of the situations that are happening over there with the hurricane. But we're a brand that in one year we we're doing things that are very out of the box, which we love. We love to do things that are against the grain, to not be so cookie cutter and just being born and raised from New York, you know, you're always trying to innovate. So to answer your question, I feel like we're bringing a product that is totally new, totally fresh and with that family environment, which I think is totally unique. So
1: yeah, well, symphony helps you as well because a symphony is is generally technically at least musical notes on pages that, that are passed around to the different in, uh, instruments, but in the end, it's up to the conductor and the artists, the, the musicians, to interpret it in the way that of course, they want. So that's that works to your advantage. I think brands technically are rigid, and tattoos are flexible and creative. So love that, yeah. It Yeah, it really works. And I think Nova has the final question. Yeah,
2: I asked. do have a yes. final question. We've been yes. singing praises this whole time, but we know yes. it as entrepreneurs and founders, there's bumps in the road. And I'd love for you to share what have been some of the challenges along the way, because we know that positioning yourself uniquely obviously helps you put the flagpole in the ground, but then there are challenges that could come up along the way, maybe from a positioning standpoint or resource standpoint. So what can you shed light on as it relates to that? And then how did you overcome those challenges?
0: I would say the biggest thing was I thought of this idea during the heart of the pandemic and everything was just so expensive. The lead times were just, no one had lead times for us. So we were operating sometimes with the idea that we were going to get our bottle, our cases within one day or two weeks. <laughs> so that was, that was very, very tough to start. Mm. But I feel like we overcame it by um, just being diligent, just being persistent. Kind of scheduling everything, writing everything down and seeing it come to life. Another thing is because glassware and things are coming from overseas, the whole possible Russia, US, that was very, very tricky for us starting out. So we were getting our glassware from Germany and it was very, very tough. So I look at it looking back now is like we overcame the hardest part during the toughest time. And now we've seen how to kind of maneuver in this. So I would say logistics was definitely something that was top of mind, very, very something that we were diligent in overcoming, pursuing, kind of doing roadmaps, ripping a paper up and then starting over and continually trying to make make sure that we were going to meet deadlines, even though it was very, very up to the day, (laughs) so to speak. But I would say that was like the toughest thing for us starting out.
2: I love that the diligence, the persistence. A lot exactly. of it too is mindset, right? Yes. Like there's, there's no end in sight. Regardless of how high the wall is, there's no end in sight, and you're going to exactly. climb over that wall, and and it makes you stronger.
0: Exactly. Sorry. One of the biggest quotes that I, I always love to remember is Michael Jordan was one of my favorite basketball players, and I think there was this one game that uh, I think the Chicago Bulls were, were losing so so much, and and uh, Phil Jackson was going to take him out or whatever. And he said to Phil, he said, leave me out there. Leave me out there to make this happen, even if we're down. And I I always use that. Even if it seems like we're down and out, I always want to be persistent. I always want to overcome and and learn from my mistakes. Because as you guys know, as an entrepreneur, you're always faced with different things to overcome. So I always use that as a guide for me.
2: That's incredible. I know, Clint, you have a comment. I just wanted to jump in real quick. I recently read Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson and so many lessons to be learned in that book. So it's interesting. I was just talking about that yesterday and you brought up the quote, um, keep persisting even when you're down. Uh, Go ahead, Clint. I know you want to jump in.
1: Yeah, well, where do you see jazz and Symphony Mm -hmm. Number 3 in a year, three years?
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say right now we're in five markets. I would say, and those markets are New York, New Jersey, Florida. California and Puerto Rico. I would say hopefully in a year from now we'll probably my goal is to double it and then three years from now I would love to be in the UK. My third partner, who is my first boss, Samuel Hickman, he's from Scotland, and I have this joke that's not really a joke, but I always say one day we're going to be in a Scottish bar, hopefully in Edinburgh, and we're going to have Symphony neat, and that will be my thank you for believing in me. So. I would say for me in three years, I would love to be in the UK. I would love to be in London. And I would love to kind of full circle my story as to having a symphony at a soul house in one of their London properties. So yeah, that's my goal.
2: <laughs> I think, Clint, we're going to have a Tattoos Not Brands meetup. What do you think? Three years? Scotland? Are you down? <laughs> <laughs> Why
0: not? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Let's go. Well, no, but I
1: think, I think that's cool because it's such a fill-in-the-blank make your own destiny mm. lifestyle when you're doing this. You know, the the answer if you were working at somebody else's company or Soho House or Southern Glacier would be here's what the numbers say. Here's right. what the venture capital or the, the private equity says. And you right. know, it's it's a life giving ability to create your own goals. So that's, that's another reality it. of, of no. being a being a tattoo and I mean, maybe perhaps the most important question for me
0: is yes. what's the best way to to enjoy symphony? Yes. III? I would say, you know, I am an old fashioned kind of guy. I love classic cocktails. So I would say an old fashioned one ice cube and live your best life. But if you want it neat, we love it neat as well. The age is age three years and rinsed and rye. So very unique in the rum category. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of rums are rinsed and rye. So we find that to be something totally unique. I would say for something sweeter, we love the mojito. The mojito has been a great drink with our white rum, <laughs> and I love it over crushed ice. Crushed ice does wonders for for any kind of cocktail, especially the mojito. So those two, I would say, are drinks. What well, what I drink on, on the regular? So
2: mm, love it, love great. it, love it. Well, I'm just going to say before we close out the yes. this amazing QA with you, Jazz is. Keep an eye on the fashion industry. So, coming from the fashion industry, yes. there's a huge partnership between lifestyle brands such as yours and high fashion. So, just a little, little seed that I'm planning there. But, um, yes, it was so great having you in the studio today with us on Tattoos Not Brands and all Thank the insight you. that you've shared and hearing your success. I mean, wow, in such a short amount of time and to be in such a crowded space like spirits to really shine. And you are proof in the pudding where as a founder, an entrepreneur, if you focus on those unique qualities, if you focus on being a tattoo, then you can cut through the noise. So thank you so much. Clint, do you have any closing words before we say our sad goodbyes to (laughs) Jazz?
1: Keep on doing what you're doing. I really appreciate that. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm I'm going to try it. Can you get it from Drizzly?
0: You can in selected stores, but I would say go to our, our website, and you can get it directly in, and I believe thirty plus markets. And our website is powered by Reserve Bar, so it's the leader in okay. um, spirit, yeah. luxury spirits. So, yeah, yeah please uh, come to our, our our uh, website, uh, wwwsymphonyno 3 rumcom I'm
2: loving it. Thank you Perfect. so much, Perfect. Jazz, Thanks and again, you. we'll see you in three years, Salute. right, Clint? Yes, yes, in Edinburgh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Thank Stay you. well. Clint, you know what time it is. It's time to play bot, brand or tattoo. Yes, it is.
1: On each episode, we play this game to help us better decipher what a tattoo mindset actually looks like, as opposed to that of a brand. Nova, are you ready to get started?
2: Yes, I am, Clint.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, this sounds serious. We've selected four companies to categorize into either a tattoo or brand. Hmm. Let's see where this takes us. All right. Who's first?
2: First up, Symphony Number no. Three Rum.
1: Well, it's a tattoo, and it's going to be a tattoo for for quite a long time. The name is great. The storyline is great. Jazz is amazing and has that energy. But these things are regional, and they're they're conquered kind of store by store and distribution point by distribution point. So. It's exciting because it's a tattoo. It's exciting to see what's going to happen. It's exciting. It's going to expand on itself. It's going to have inevitable ebbs and flows. So to me, tattoo.
2: I agree. I agree. All of that.
1: Okay. Fair enough. And Mm -hmm. then in the other corner, Mm -hmm. Bacardi rum.
2: Bacardi absolute brand. I mean, think about how many songs, let's just start there. How many singers reference Bacardi in songs? So when you're top of mind like that, when you get pulled into other mediums and you don't even have to pay for that, I would say you're a brand.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Bacardi essentially means rum, I think, to the Western world. And it has all of the things that we require in, in a brand to be happening. So when you try to make the Distinction, that's the kind of a perfect one is
0: mm-hmm.
1: where Bacardi is versus where uh symphony number no. three without prejudice. And it's not a yeah, bad thing. Right. It's just a fact.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm gonna throw another one in the ring. Smirnoff vodka, tattoo or brand. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a good one. That's a good one. It's a nice turning. What's the right word? It's an interesting cross current of what we're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. It's a brand. It's a brand. I don't know. I'll leave it at that. You you tell me what you think.
2: I think I'm going to agree with you there, but I understand why there was a struggle because I feel like they're on the cusp of transition of from tattoo to brand. But again, it is one of those products within the space when you're thinking of vodka, what is top of mind, right? One of the things that we talk about with brands is they spent all this money being top of mind. So I know we have to get to one more, so I'm not going to spend any more time on that, but I can see why the struggle was there.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's making me think. I think they may be a brand in decline. It Mm. may be... Mm -hmm. Okay, I can see that. That's without the benefit of the numbers or... And who cares, really, because it's a perception thing. You know, it's a perception. Brand and tattoo are, are perceptions. Yeah. So what I've noticed about Smirnoff is they are seemingly at the lower price point but they also seem to have the ability to be creative mm-hmm. and appeal to maybe the person that's going from the seltzer products to a, a hard liquor okay. mixed drink and at the same time they do seem to be experimenting with the canned beverages so yeah. while yeah. it may not as a long time and stuck up New Yorker, I can't remember anyone at a bar ordering a Smirnoff and soda.
2: Hmm. Okay. That's a good point. So
1: that doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't make it bad. It's just maybe not the high point in terms of prestige or desirability in my realm of reality. That that only, you know, that's tricky because it's, Mm -hmm. it's my opinion at that point. So I think to, that would be a, more of a case study, which could be fun. But
2: okay. All right.
1: A, this is a podcast, not a case study. So,
2: <laughs> so what do you have for me? I know the, you have one. I've got,
1: I got I know this one, might, <laughs> this one, I have a sense that you may have some consternation like I did on this one, but we'll see. Vans. Ooh.
2: Off the wall
1: vans. Mm. Do you, first question, do you own or wear vans, Nova?
2: I personally do not. But I've purchased many a Vans for my children. <laughs> so there's many Vans in my home.
1: We're talking about the skateboarding, yeah. often checkered shoes, not minivans or...
2: Right. We're talking the sneakers,
1: guys. <laughs> <Listeners>, <laughs> or conversion Vans. Or...
2: Right. We're talking sneakers. <laughs> and
1: lifestyle.
2: Lifestyle. I would argue that this... in I'm going to say brand. I'm going to say Vans within the category of Gen Xers, has done a tremendous job of being in demand, top of mind, defining identity. And it is just what you wear as your everyday sneak before you transition, if you ever transition, into the Nike arena, for example. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel that it's, but it has a real, strong emotional connection and started as a powerful tattoo. And mm-hmm. so my struggle is I want to say tattoo, but I believe it's a brand though. I just think that mm-hmm. they've, mm-hmm. they've excelled and have done such a great job that they're in that category.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had my first pair in 1983 and it had such, you know, I was 12. It had such a elevation of your cool factor, or at least Mm -hmm. mine, in (laughs) the middle of nowhere, southern tier of New York State at the skating rink. But I think what they have been able to achieve is staying power of not going out of style and not, at least to what I can tell, changing the core aesthetic, which is, I mean, I'm not sure there's many other footwear purveyors that can claim that. Nike's certainly gone through a massive transformation, you know, a, right. and becoming a super brand, but it feels like Vans stayed the course of being who they are and and from the book about from the founder, the family culture and the being smart about the price point and the mm-hmm. quality and right. relationships and the associations is is a thing that we can all take away from whether you're making shoes or rum or for you, like things in the, in the metaverse. So
2: that's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> will, will Vans be in the metaverse?
2: Oh, you know what? I don't know. I haven't heard yet. It yeah. uh,
1: could be up to you.
2: Yeah. But there you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's it guys. That's it for bot tat- brand or a tattoo or a tattoo or brand. Uh, to summarize, we have symphony number no. three and Vans. Well, no, actually, no. We have Symphony Number no. Three as our Lone Ranger tattoo today, and Bacardi, Smirnoff, and Vans as our brands today. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's it for one out well, of three. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> that's well, one way. out of
1: four. One out of four. One of out, out of four. Oh, that's, that's the way.
2: Yeah, I think it's about that time to say goodbye. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand it over to you, Clint.
1: Okay. Well, this brings us to the end of our episode. Jazz gave us a ton of great insights about the challenges, the inspiration, and his approach to creating a new version of a well-known product, which is great.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to challenge you to answer this question in 60 seconds or less. So before we close it out, the burning question, what's the value of creating a new version of something well-known? Does it matter if it remains a tattoo or becomes a brand as we saw with Vance? Well,
1: I think the greatest thing that can come out of this is to reemphasize the fact that people make stuff. People are those that build things, services, ideas, experiences. So it's up to that. Okay. The I think Jazz was using brand a lot because that was the way he sees it in his mind. Right. But in in reality, he's Onto something that makes sense to him. And that's what a tattoo does, right? You don't, yeah. you don't randomly get a tattoo. There's a point at which the ink hits the skin at which you've made a decision. You may regret, you may need to adjust, but you have made that decision. You've made a choice. So and the the choice that he has made is within this category of spirits that he cares about that he knows about that he has mm-hmm. relationships in that's right and he was able to include people that he can work with that he can grow with that he is wanting to take this journey with so the point is that it may technically become a brand at some point mm-hmm. but his stating his goal as uh, raising glasses with his you know scottish Colleague, in three years, I think is a really, really amazing thing to for all of us to contemplate as entrepreneurs. Yeah, I I didn't expect that. We didn't, we didn't know what (laughs) he was going to say. And I think what he's saying is, when you surround yourself with the right people, the numbers will work out. The product Mm -hmm. development will work out. This, the supply chain will work out.
2: That's right. Yeah,
1: that's the tattoo mindset.
2: Okay. Well, that was my final question. That was really final. Final.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Enough. We've we've done it all. Thank you for listening to Tattoos Not Brands, Marketing Outside the Lines, the podcast that explores how we can give meaning to our products and services without conforming ourselves to a rigid set of rules or copying the status quo. I'm Clint, your host.
2: And I'm Nova, your other host.
1: Make sure to tune in for our next episode.
2: And if you like what you've heard today, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much to our guest, Jazzy LaVega, Symphony number three, Rome. See you next time, everybody.
2: Bye.